Hey guys, and welcome to Hacked Off. In today's episode, I've been posed the question, how much should you spend on security? Now, this is a really difficult question to answer, and I'll try and not cop out too much, but but we're balancing cost versus risk here. So how much of your budget as a percentage, how much money, how are we measuring these things? Well, there was one statistic which I, I found uh, interesting that was released that says financial services firms spend 6 to 14% of IT budget on cybersecurity, according to a recent survey. That's not as much as it sounds. So when you when you first hear that, you think, oh, 6 to 14%, and that sounds like quite a lot. But of course, that's 6 to 14% of the IT budget. And, and how much is the IT budget of the company's overall spend? Well, the survey went on to say that that's approximately 02 to 0.9% of company revenue. So is this appropriate? I'll try and break it down in a few different ways and talk about a few different ways that you can you can measure whether your security spend is appropriate. One of the things that I always find interesting from from customers that we get quite frequently, certainly after uh, you know Sakama's typical penetration testing delivery, companies will receive a report that has vulnerabilities in there, and they'll sometimes address those vulnerabilities, work through them as just generic risks in their context. Or some companies will will have the question of. Now, how does this look in comparison to our peers? How does this look in comparison to other companies in our sector? So, I mean, how much should you be spending on security? Probably shouldn't be tied to other companies in your sector, but I, but I do understand um, where that comes from. But yeah, 0.2% to 0.9% of company revenues. Surprisingly low. W- what can we counter this against? Uh, you know, what what is the risk? So looking at that 0.2% to 0.9%, and, and is that appropriate for companies? I think a lot of companies will automatically go to, well, what's the maximum exposure for our business? You know, if we if we have a breach, if things go badly, then, uh, you know, how much could that cost us? And estimating breach cost is, is really, really difficult. A lot of people immediately jump on uh, GDPR because that's you know, still fairly recent. And we're, we are now starting to see some fines come out from that. I know we've talked before about the, the British Airways um, intention to fine from the ICO. That was their 1.5% of annual revenue. So some some people might say, uh, well, if the, if the maximum fine under GDPR is 4%, then that's your maximum exposure as a business, and you should try and counter that. And uh, I don't necessarily think that's true. Of course, the 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 two percent or four percent that, that falls under the GDPR finding structure, depending on the specifics of the breach, it uh, isn't the only cost associated with the breach. So if you, if you're fixing your security spend to that as your maximum exposure, it's not necessarily uh, correct. There's some really difficult things to to talk about, such as brand damage. How do we measure a maximum exposure from brand damage? If we are um, hacked and it becomes very public, so maybe look at something like the Home Depot breach or the Equifax breach or something like that. You know, uh, how how much did it affect them in terms of company value? Those kinds of things. Then that's one way to do it. Um, Sometimes it's difficult with with more recent breaches. That's why I mentioned the Home Depot breach. If if you're not familiar with that one, that was back in uh, 2014. So hopefully far back enough now that we can see, you know, the the, the ultimate cost. Because when it comes to uh, a hack, it's not just 
how do our customers feel about this? You know, are we going to lose subscribers? Are we going to lose customers? Or maybe um, potential customer losses. So things like, uh, is there a cohort of customers who would have subscribed but have now decided not to because this breach occurred? So measuring brand damage is incredibly difficult. Back in 2015, I, I tried to do this around uh, company share price. So for, for public companies that, that suffer a breach, how long does it take them before they recover? How quickly before they're back? With the share price going going up, and it's it's so difficult because of all of these these potentials out there. Um, Home Depot, what was their their breach cost? If I remember correctly, it was something like two hundred and fifty two million dollars. So, so significant figure. So measuring uh, cost against GDPR fines not necessarily the right thing to do because there's more costs associated. Brand damage is one of those. Another thing to think about, of course, would be uh, the the short term costs of of dealing with the breach itself. So before the actual fines come about, because we're now seeing what's essentially a year later, a year after the British Airways breach happened, they still haven't actually been fined. So the breach occurred, what, it was announced on the 6th of September 2018, if my memory is correct. And then it, it was uh, this year, 2019, in, in something like July, that that actual intention to fine came out. And now in October, we, we still haven't seen that manifest. So that's not an immediate cost. It, it certainly is a cost, but it's not an immediate cost. Uh, immediate costs would be things like um, dealing with the, the breach itself. So getting uh, third parties in, getting forensics companies in, getting contractors in to help deal with the breach. good example there being uh, DLA Piper published that following their, uh, following Notpedia, that they, were, they suffered uh, quite badly under Notpedia. Uh, they released that. They'd spent across their uh, their teams 15,000 hours of additional overtime as a direct result of that breach. So that costs huge. It's 15,000 hours of extra work that they're obviously having to to, to pay staff. So, so tying tying how much you should spend to to the expected cost of a breach, it's, it's just crazy. It's so difficult to uh, to possibly work out. Uh, a thing to throw out at this, this point, though, might be um, cybersecurity insurance. I know I've talked about this a couple of times. Um, I may have come across previously as pro cybersecurity insurance. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily true. I am just surprised at how against insurance a lot of people are. Um, I can kind of understand it though, and I do think it's relevant to to this talk where in- insurance should never be used to completely remove all of your risk. It isn't with cybersecurity insurance. The, the idea that you can just say, well, we don't need to spend any money on security. We don't need to care about security because we'll just insure against it. And the reason that I said that isn't going to work is, of course, there'll be there'll be caveats in your insurance policy that say things like, you know, you must be following best practice. You must do some mandatory minimum uh, to ensure that the insurance policy is valid. And we have seen some companies get paid out. I believe Home Depot was paid out uh, following their insurance policy. I know that other companies haven't been paid out. I mentioned previously with, with DLA Piper, but there's other companies who are uh, impacted by NotPedia who had cybersecurity insurance who weren't paid out because of this um, so-called uh, war exclusion. But you can get paid out for cybersecurity insurance. It, it can be a thing that can reduce the cost or, or mitigate some of the costs. It's, it's worth looking into. But it doesn't mean that you can just stop spending on security and just insure against it. That doesn't work. So we still haven't solved this problem of how much should you be spending. And I think another thing that impacts it is, of course, well, where are you in terms of maturity? 
if you're um, a company who's only just kind of coming around to the idea that you need to have significant investment in security and you need to consider security as, you know, an isolated thing that needs addressing as opposed to, you know, just a subset of IT or just a, a small matter of business. If you're now coming around to actually you need a concerted effort for security, it depends where you're up to. And that's where things like cybersecurity maturity assessments, and we've talked about those previously, or maybe you want to talk about compliance, things like ISO compliance. Th- those things can, can help you, you know, standardize your security and, and work out how far away you are from, from where you want to be. What I'm trying to say here is, maintaining good security wouldn't cost as much as implementing good security from nothing. You know, building up uh, security posture would be more costly than, than maintaining one. So that would, of course, have to be reflected in, in the costs. And, and that's such a difficult thing because now we've moved away from this really difficult question of just tell me how much money we should be spending on security to how far away are we from what we consider mature and at what level do you want to be? It's, it's so difficult. Again, I think this is why we, we hear so many companies saying, just tell me how good I am in comparison to the peers. How good am I in comparison to this sector? And in fact, I saw a vulnerability and risk management platform uh, this month. I, I won't mention them specifically, but that was one of their, one of their features where uh, as they gather risk information about your company and they present it to you as a, as a, a figure, you are this amount at risk. Um, they will compare that to your sector as well. It's, it's it's an optional, you can turn it on. But it seems to be that that's the thing that their customers are asking as well. So yeah, uh, a really difficult question. How mature are we and where do we want to be? And that falls into the question, of course, of um, how, are you, how are you grading that? I think uh, a lot of people, certainly when I talk to smaller organizations, they think of security or secure as, as a Boolean, by which I mean you either are secure or are not that isn't necessarily the case. Hopefully, if you've never thought about that before, everyone can agree that the capability of a nation-state level attacker, if there was a country that specifically wanted to target you for some reason, be it theft of intellectual property, be it to monetize their nuclear missiles, or for any other reason, the uh, level of security required to keep out a nation-state would be significantly higher than to keep out some bored teenagers with too much time on their hands, right? Why do I bring that up? Because not every company is at risk to the same degree from these different threat actors. And then you fall into threat modeling, right? It's like, well, our nation states are a problem for us. I was talking to a company recently, actually, and they have uh, an office in the UK and an office in China. So they think that that is a thing that impacts them in a fairly unique way. But I'd say a lot of companies, maybe, maybe it isn't. Maybe a nation state attacker or different uh, reasons, different motivations why nation states might, might affect you might not be. And therefore you can discount that within your threat model. And therefore you don't need that level of spend. So all we've done now is, is address that threat modeling can tell you which areas to look at. Cybersecurity maturity can tell you to what level you are secure. And if you set a goal, either through threat modeling or through um, consultancy, you can say, okay, we're at this level and we want to be at that level. How much is it going to cost us to get there? And once you get there, then maintaining is cheaper than than building security. Yeah, we really haven't answered the question, have we? Hopefully, though, what I am delivering to you, if, even if it is not the answer to the question of how much should we spend on security, is delivering to you the concept that 
This is a really difficult question, but that doesn't mean that your organization can ignore it. It doesn't mean that your board can say, actually, working out how much we need to spend is really hard, so it's just not going to solve that problem. Uh, but it's it's contextual, right? So where are you? First problem that you can solve. Have something like a cybersecurity maturity assessment. Perform some action like compliance, be it 27,000, something like that. Work out where you're at. Work out where you want to be. Where you want to be is going to tie to be tied to something like threat modeling, like we said. So that would be, who's likely to attack us? What capabilities do they have? And therefore, what level of defense do we need to prevent that capability? Alternatively, if you want to keep it cost-orientated, uh, you might think of things like annualized loss expectancy. It's not something I see companies talking about a lot at the moment. It was a little bit more old school in my experience, but annualized loss expectancy is essentially trying to work out um, taking a risk you know, what is the uh, the risk of this system going down? You know, this is a key system to us. How much would it cost if this system goes down? And then working out how likely is that to occur across a year? And then you can build that up into an annualized loss expectancy. So you have uh, this, this figure then, if this occurs, it will cost us this much. And therefore, we need to find some way of reducing that cost, either through reducing risk or, or mitigating risk in some way. And then the last thing that I, that I haven't mentioned in this concept of how much should we spend on security, it's what are you buying? You can't just go to a consultancy and say, oh, we would like ask security, please. Um, maybe you could, but maybe they'd give you a biased answer. And you go to a pen testing company and say, we'd like ask security, they'll probably sell you a pen test. Go to a log management company and they'll probably send you a, a SIM, something like that. Incident and event management system. Um so, yeah, so it's so it's difficult. So so you have to answer that question as well. It's like, this is the level of maturity that we want. What are we going to spend? What what are we going to buy rather to to reach that that level of maturity? So what I'm talking about here is, uh, maybe you know you have identified that one of your threat actors who might be targeting you might use phishing as a vector to target you, and therefore prevention of successful phishing attacks is a thing that you would like to do. And there's different ways that you can do that. You could invest in something like application sandboxing so that malicious uh, attachments don't have uh, the same impact. You could uh, invest in um, email filtering. So that would be, you know, can we can we block these emails before they're delivered to the user to, to reduce the risk that way? Or you could invest in something like security awareness training. We've talked about that a lot. Certainly this month we've been talking about um, security awareness with it being Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So you can you can invest in that, or, or some combination of all three, right? And those have different costs associated with them. You know, application sandboxing, email filtering, security awareness training—they're not—they're not a static cost. They're not all the same cost. Where you just basically toss a coin and say which one which one applies to us. So security training, another thing, another thing to consider. That just has uh, different cost implications to it. So I did say that I might cop out a little bit. It is a very difficult question to ask, but a difficult difficult question to answer. But but it isn't something that you can ignore as a company. We ha we started with this idea that companies are spending, or financial services companies are spending, uh, six to fourteen percent of their IT budget on security. But how much should we be spending? How much should our company be spending? It's really difficult. You need to work out where you are, where you want to be how that applies to your specific context in terms of threat modeling, and then which products you would like to get to address those risks. And at the end of that, you should work out what your cost is going to be. Counter that against things like not only GDPR's fines, but other uh, perceived damages over time from dealing with a breach. The cost of getting third parties in, 
uh, forensics companies, those kinds of things, and, and you're carrying those two values. How much would it cost to get to level of maturity and what's our maximum exposure as a business? And hopefully for you, that should answer that question of how much should we spend on security? What do you guys think? Am I am I going along the wrong the, the wrong lines here? Do you think there's something that I missed? Hopefully, even though it's a very, very long-winded answer, hopefully for some companies that does answer that question. Um, but did I miss something? Is there some critical aspect of the formula of working out what your appropriate spend is that I didn't talk about? Let us know over social media. And uh, if it's something that I that I agree with, if it's something that's important, I'll, I'll bring it up in the next podcast as well and I'll, and I'll add that to the pool of information we're building here. Let us know. And thanks for listening. <laughs>